What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Rogue Opinion, to the brand new series for a brand new footballing season. Uh, I guess Banter Munich is no more. So instead, upstep the Man United boys to make to do kind of a Man United centric podcast. We did not even mention or try to come up with a name for this beforehand, which now feels foolish 30 seconds in. <laughs> but with me for this long slog is fellow United boy, the Darren Gibson to my Jonathan Greening. It is Carl <laughs> Pierce. Hello, Nathan. Yes. Um, Man United boy sounds like a decent name, though. So maybe we can just <laughs> run with that and edit it so it looks like that was the name all along. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing here at Rogue Opinions. We often discuss things about the podcast on the podcast. <laughs> but uh, how, how are you, Carl? How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm well. Uh, I've got no running water at the moment, but other than that... Beautiful. That sounds like an ordeal. What's happened? Was uh, it just uh, uh, roadworks or something? Well, no. I'll, the last few months, my water pressure's gone really crap, and someone came round to try to deal with the situation today. Um, they Apparently, I need a new pressure valve and some other parts to fix it up but he's gone away and he's left it worse than it was before he came so i've been a real problem ringing an email and saying you better sort this out quick because i've pretty much it's coming out like a a a little sort of trickle which you know you can't really do anything with you know it's going to take it take a lifetime to fill the sink up so i don't know what the fuck i'm going to do i have to have a wash at work or something I, I guess so. Yeah, that doesn't. I'll get an emergency. I, I don't know. That sounds like a. <laughs> that sounds like a problem. Should yeah. probably get that fixed instead of doing this silly podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, not like I can do about it now until they've got these parts they need. So I might have to lodge with my mum and dad for a few days or something. But I'll worry about that. Yeah. When and whenever. Well, uh, to segue over to the football, it's, as always, we, we get trickles of hope during the summer transfer window. <laughs> and then we get it in our heads that this is going to be kind of a tidal wave of, of joy in trophies. But, uh, but this summer, so far has, has has given us a lot of reasons to be hopeful. The the two signings so far of finally a year late, Jaden Sancho turns up and uh, and also from Real Madrid, a World Cup and Champions League winning centre-half in Rafael Varane. Uh, yeah, Carl, all, all things look positive. They do. Um, before we get to that, I'm very impressed with how you made a segue out of my uh, water problems, <laughs> I've, I've got to admit. But uh, almost like it was planned, but I can assure you, listeners, it really wasn't. I've been doing this for a long time now. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I've, I'm glad we've finally uh, got Sanchez far cheaper than they quoted us last season, probably mostly because of the pandemic and and things. Um, uh, and apparently a gentleman's agreement that they would let him leave if the, the offer was right. So, yeah, hopefully he can um, hit the ground running, but it might take him a few games to bed in. You just never know. The trouble is, like, Bruno Fernandes was a bit of an exception because he just slotted in straight away and was playing like he'd always played in the Premier League. But nine times out of ten, and you'd probably agree with this, Nathan, most players do take a while to to bed into the Premier League, don't they? Yeah, they do tend to take a while and that's the advantage of signing someone in the summer rather than in January, with obviously Bruno being the exception. But I mean it really it really depends on the character. Obviously the guy 
grew up in English football. He was in Watford's academy before heading off to Man City for a little bit. And then various things happened happened there. He was allegedly promised first game action and then that wasn't going to happen under Pep. So um, uh, off he went to Dortmund where he kind of absolutely shined really from the get-go and showed the player that he is. He's still very, very young. He's still only 21, I believe. Uh, he's, he's a young boy. He might be a couple of years older than that, actually. I'll double-check that in a second. But, yeah, and it's exciting. And there was a few question marks over, well, is he going to want to go to United? Uh, this is last summer when he's a City boy. But he, he wasn't a Man City boy, for those not aware. He was, he was from Watford. He never played for Manchester City in the first team. He's tw- he is 21. My goodness, I was right. Yeah, I thought that yes, sounded so, right. <laughs> Uh, he wasn't a Man City boy. He, he joined there in the hope of making a break at a big club and it didn't quite happen. So he said he went to another big club in Borussia Dortmund and had a stellar couple of seasons, particularly linking up well with uh, with Erling Haaland, who is someone that's probably going to get a lot more mentions on this podcast as we head towards next summer. Uh, but it's exciting for the attack. The other, I guess it's kind of a signing this summer, despite him being there last season. We managed to extend Edison Cavani's contract by another season who had an outstanding season for us uh even though it was very stop start with some injuries and some other issues with the uh, the premier league turning out to really hate uruguayans and uh so he had to take an enforced break for a bit but he still scored what 18 goals for us yeah he really showed his class you know a lot of people so sometimes even though he's a very prolific goal scorer he's had a lot of naysayers and people and doubters and people questioning him. And there's always that question of a lot of players, if they've never played in the Premier League, could they do it in the Premier League? And, yeah, he could. And he scored some good goals in Europe as well. He was an invaluable player. And hopefully um, we can get some more, you know, get some more goals this season with um, Sancho, uh, uh, assist from Sancho. You know, that hopefully they fix the problem area there on the on the wing. Yeah, there was just a bit of lack of depth there. And we've added that with Sancho. And obviously, we're not going to have Marcus Rashford until October, who's chosen to have that shoulder surgery. Uh, probably made the correct correct decision to kind of get that done and take a bit more of a break. That's a guy that's played a lot of football at such a young age. People would probably guess that he's about 25, 26 now, but he's not. He's still only 23. He's played a lot of football, so it's probably good to get a bit of time there. But with people like Mason, Cavani, Rashford, Sancho, and uh, and then Anthony Martial is kind of someone that is he going to get a lot of game time now? We've got a lot of depth in that attack, and there's a lot of goals in that attack. And I've not even, because I've not even mentioned Lingard in all of that. But it's it's looking like it's going to be an incredible attack-minded season. Yeah, I mean, Lingard's like a player revitalised at West Ham, so hopefully he can bring that form and confidence back to Old Trafford with him and uh, show everybody what he's really capable of. Yeah, I don't know how much game time he's really going to get or if he's going to end up sticking around all season again. However, in January, after not really playing, he might come in. But, you know, there's an opening there with Rashford out till October someone's someone's going to have to seize that left side like for a couple of months and if they keep playing well and that's where like 
I know he's not the most popular figure at United, but he's still a good player. Someone like a Dan James or is Martial going to move out to the left or is Mason going to play out on the left or is Sancho going to move over there and Mason play on the right? There's an interesting kind of month or a couple of months coming up with Rashford's absence. Of yeah, definitely. He's going to take that position because all the rumours are that we are going to be playing a 4-3-3 with only one deep line midfielder. Because obviously if you play 4-3-3, Pogba and Bruno are already in that midfield. So that only leaves room for one defensive midfielder. So it's going to be interesting. I personally think, I think first game... If everyone was fit, I think Mason's going to play it on the wing whilst Rashford's out. You would expect so, wouldn't you? But they might chop and change and switch wings mid-match to confuse your position. That's something you know a lot of teams tend to do nowadays. That's something they can play with if they, if they wanted to. But yeah, there's quite a few options now. And it'd be nice if Martial can find the form from a couple of seasons ago. He was quite poor last year, but the season before, he's you know he scored loads of goals and looked really sharp. So hopefully he can come back this season, uh, refreshed and revitalised. Yeah, he didn't have the season that he might have wanted. He did score some good goals. He played pivotal parts in a couple of games, and one of the wing, the one of the wins against City in the league, he was unbelievable. Mm. On a day where we didn't have Pogba and we didn't have Rashford. And Martial kind of stepped up and was absolutely terrorising Man City the entire game in a, in a decent win for us. And yeah, we need that sort of character back. But there's so much depth there in attack now that it's not like we have to play Anthony Martial now. Um, which maybe that's the motivation he's going to need to kind of step up now that there is Mason is coming into his own. His, his own like Sancho is going to be undroppable for the first few games because he needs that game time Rashford kind of owns that left side in a minute and uh, yeah the, and there's people waiting there like like Jesse Lingard if he if he steps up and kind of shows his class there's not going to be room for someone like Anthony Martial to kind of coast through he, we need that guy back from a couple of years ago who got over 20 goals in the season yeah 100% and, and hopefully that's the player that will eventually show up but who knows? And how do you see things at the back? Uh, do we do you think Varane will be the answer to to our problems? I mean, defensively we weren't terrible, terrible to be honest. It's just you know when it's United, every little mistake does seem to get yeah. picked upon, doesn't it? Well, when you're at a club like United and other massive clubs, obviously, you say the mistakes get highlighted a bit more because you don't expect them. And uh, at the start of last season, we were very poor defensively. Uh, Maguire kind of head went for a while and uh, but ever since kind of I think probably December onwards last year he was absolutely um, undroppable he was an absolute rock at the back and then unfortunately he wasn't there for the end of the season for the Europa League final and the last few league games where uh, Bailly luckily was fit for once uh, but when you bring in someone like Varane who I've been critical of of other, of other podcasts, uh, particularly last season when Ramos was missing. I thought he had a couple of shockers for Madrid. Uh, but he is a World Cup winner. He's a Champions League winner. He's a La Liga. He's, he's won everything that you can win in Spain and kind of in international football uh, other than the Euros. But uh, he's an actual, he's a proper partner for Maguire. These are two good, solid ball-playing centre-halves now and who can also time tackles brilliantly both leaders you know in a way I think Maguire probably more so than Varane and yeah he looks like we've actually gone out there and bought a proper partner for Maguire and it's going to be it's going to be harsh on Lindelof I think to see that he's 
probably not going to get much game time in the league when Varane's kind of fit and firing and when Maguire is as well. Because I think Lindelof is better than people give him a bit of credit for. I think he gets a lot of stick. Uh, that's slightly unnecessary, but I think he's a very, very good centre-half, and he showed that uh, more than one occasion. So, uh, But it's certainly an upgrade. I think there's no there's no turning around and saying that. And on the wings as well, on the, on the back at full-back, uh, Luke Shaw has been perhaps Europe's best left-back for the last six months. Yeah, Shaw's been awesome. And I think Harry Maguire showed his class um, in the Euros as well, didn't they? He it was absolutely immense when he stepped back in um, in defence for England during the Euros and took us all, you know, helped us all the way to the final. You know, his what, what penalty was unbelievable. Yeah, the best, <laughs> the best penalty there. <laughs> he took it exactly how you thought Harry Maguire would take a penalty, mm. just a bullet that broke a camera. <laughs> but no, we've we've upgraded. There's no two ways. These are two absolute world class signings from a club that, <laughs> for some reason, doesn't tend to make many. Well, not these days, anyway. Not since like Fergie left. It's been another transfer dealings have been a spotty at best, I would say. Oh, they really have, and that there's been some hits. That, and I think when we look at kind of what else we perhaps need to do in this transfer window. You, like Wambasaka at right back there's been a few question marks over here uh, not so much defensively but more attacking wise which is why we turned our attention a bit to someone like Kieran Trippier who is pretty damn good at both uh, but that apparently isn't happening now mostly because of the form of from an unlikely source in Diogo Dallo, who by all accounts has apparently had an incredible preseason and everyone's very impressed at the club. And it looks like he is in fact going to be sticking around and we're not going to be moving for Kieran Trippier. What do you make of that? Yeah, well, it seems to work out how it should when you send someone on loan. He's gone to another club, got plenty of game time, which quite often you see these lone players get used quite sporadically by the teams that, Bring him in loan, but he's you know he's getting some good experience at AC Milan in the Italian league, and for that you know for their current standards uh, in recent history, they had a strong season AC Milan. So um, yeah, perhaps he's you know helped it's helped him develop as a player. I mean Trippier would have been a nice addition, but another reason I think is because Atletico want you know a hell of a lot of money for it. They do, yeah, and. I know being north of 40, uh, 30 sorry, isn't what it used to be in a footballing sense, uh, but he is 30 now, and they were asking for sort of 30, 30, 40 million euros, which I know isn't a lot these days for a player, apparently, but uh, that is still a lot, uh, considering I think our opening offer was like 10. So um, <laughs> so perhaps <laughs> we were both barking up the wrong tree with that, because I'd like to go do want to keep him. Simeone likes him. That's because he's very solid defensively, but he's also good at whipping in a dead ball. He's got a great cross on him as well. I think people people are harsh on Kieran Trippier sometimes. I don't know why. I think it's mostly the England thing that Gareth Southgate really likes him and for a couple of seasons would just play him wherever to try and get him in the team. Um, but, yeah, that's not going to happen. I think that credit to Dallow. He's got a great goal against Everton in a preseason friendly the other day. 
where we we absolutely obliterated Everton. Um, I know friendlies don't really count for a lot, but you still you got to get excited, didn't you? Yeah, you might as well. It was a it was a good performance. I mean, you can say Everton had players missing, but we didn't have a full strength squad either. So uh, yeah, it's it's nice to see you know playing well. And Van der Beek's apparently beefed up a little bit and was looking quite good by all accounts in that match. So maybe he's another one that. It's starting to adjust uh, life in England and the Premier League and we'll get a better season out of it. Yeah, Van der Beek's an interesting one. He had a, he had a mare last season. He couldn't really get inside. Uh, he looked off the pace at times when he did play and people were kind of calling out Oli a bit for not playing him. But at the same time, if, if the manager doesn't think he should be good, he's good enough to go out there. Shouldn't be. But yeah, he's gone away. He, he missed the Euros because of injury. So he did beef up a little bit. Apparently the physical side of the league was something he was struggling with a lot. So he's gone and put on put on some muscle mass, come back, and apparently he was stellar against Everton. He only played one half and then Paul Pogba came on to replace him, uh, who's an interesting character that we'll get onto in a moment. But, um, but yeah, he played well and hopefully this will be the season. There's, there's a lot of competition in that midfield with obviously Pogba, who's supposedly going to be sticking around. Uh, Bruno is obviously a shoe in to play in that midfield. And if there's any free slots, because we're playing 4 3 3, has Van der Beek got to adapt even more and kind of take on perhaps that defense, more defense minded role? And can he do that? Yeah, maybe. It'd be interesting to see because you sort of got um, Matic, McSauce, and he can sort of play that position as well. Apparently, again, he, he looked quite strong against Everton by all accounts. He, he, he still can play really well, Matic. I mean, I think he's like 32, 33, so he's not old, old, but you know, maybe you just have to use him a bit more sporadically, perhaps, to get the best out of him. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps just the intensity. He can't play every game. Um, or who knows, maybe maybe he can, but he's someone that looked consistently kind of off the pace last season whenever he got played, which is why we kind of had to default to McTominay and Fred uh, because they were really the only two left. So um, hopefully with the attempt with the transfer, hopefully there is one more. All the rumours are have been lately that there is going to be one more signing at United, uh, one more major one. So And all the talk, Declan Rice apparently isn't happening, West Ham aren't going to sell. Um, mostly because of the pandemic and the price West Ham are asking for is too much. But there's people like Ruben Neves, who allegedly is available from Wolves. There's uh, uh, Saul from Atletico as well, who's allegedly available. All the La Liga clubs are kind of struggling financially, so they would take an offer. Uh, who, who do you kind of fancy, if anyone, or maybe you think we've got the options? Uh Probably, I'd go for Ruben Nivers uh, because he's got the Premier League experience more than more than anything. So he could be sort of ready to go. Whether anyone bought from abroad might, as we said before, need that time to adapt. There's that other that you that one from Rens that was mentioned, wasn't there? Like, oh, Cameron. I think that's it. I couldn't remember his name. But again, he seems to have his eyes set on Paris Saint-Germain. So if he's not keen to join, that one might not happen. So Yeah, he's very it's young. A tough he's one. 18. He, he, he had a great breakout kind of season and a half at Rennes. He's a good box-to-box midfielder. He plays a bit defensively um, as well. So he we can play further back. But as we say, all the things is that he's got his heart set on kind of Paris Saint-Germain or the Liga. But with Paris Saint-Germain, um, all but signing Lionel Messi from Barcelona, 
or not from Barcelona because it's on a free. Um, like, is that going to happen with the amount they're going to have to pay him? Probably not. So, but do the Liga clubs then have the money? Apparently not. So, who knows what kind of what's going to happen there? I think if we do make one more signing, it's going to be later in the window. I think it'll be something yeah. towards the end. I, I, it just seems that this is a squad that's going to face Leeds and play the first few games. It'll and, be it'll be towards the end of trans, transfer deadline when clubs perhaps are desperate to raise a bit of cash or get some of their wage bill, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, it's a very good squad on paper. Yeah, you just wish that if Donny van der Beek has beefed up and can do that, you'd love to see him seize that kind of third midfield role. Um, but because I don't really, fan, I like McTominay. I think McTominay's he's a good player, but he's not he's not someone I would kind of trust as as our defensive midfielder. I think Matic is as great as he's been for United is perhaps a little bit past it on being able to play every game, and I don't want to see Fred do it. No, I'd, sorry, like Fred. See, I'd like to see Fred moved on. I mean, he has done his best, but especially the games last season when you had both Matic and Fred in midfield, it, it seemed to slow us down. I mean, the, the pace of the game was awful when they were playing, to, yeah. you know, in the same team together. So you I always definitely have to take that extra touch and it mm. would just frustrate the hell out of you where it's just like, just pass it now and then he would take one more touch and then he'd then have to turn around because he'd get closed down and then it would go back to Lindelof or Maguire and you're like, oh God, just, just make the pass forward, Fred. <laughs> God damn it. But I'm glad. I, what did you think of the reports initially when you saw them that Oli was going to be switching from that 4-2-3-1 to a 4-3-3 if it is indeed true and it's going to be more attack-minded? Yeah, well, I didn't really read too much into it because until they start a proper Premier League game, it's it, it's hard to know how accurate that is for sure. But yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about formations and styles of play in the sense that I trust Ollie knows what he's doing and how he wants players to play. So, you know, just go out there, play the football you want to see Man United play and and get the wins, really. Uh, how about yourself? I like the idea when you read it. Obviously, a lot of it's speculation. And that is the formation that we've been playing in pre-season uh, as well, for the most part. Uh, I'd like us to obviously be more attack-minded. I'd love it if we could go out there and smash every side 4-5-0 as well. <laughs> but uh, it's only going to be a good move if if we are secure at the back. So we need to see how this Maguire and Varane combination goes if that is indeed what we're going to do and yeah it only really matters but it only really matters if we've got the right players in the right positions if we try this and it fails there's obviously going to be no objections to moving back to the 4-2-3-1 if that's what we need to do as you say to win the games yeah Um, i mean it it might work it might work against like the weaker teams but then against the top teams you might have to rethink things and does it is it looking like Varane perhaps won't be ready for Leeds is, is that unlikely do you think oh he's done his quarantine apparently allegedly at the time of recording he has he's doing his medical and that all the contracts signed it will just be an announcement video but I think he'll be I don't know if he'll start but I think he'll be in the squad at least and Sancho mm. trained today as well for the first time so he should be ready for Leeds as long as he's coming in some sort of fitness who knows he might have enjoyed his holiday a bit too much but uh, but um yes yeah, it's, it's looking like 
everyone's kind of back and firing. We've sent out a couple of people on loan. I think uh, Tahith Chong went to Birmingham and put in a man of the match performance on the opening weekend. So that's looking like a good move for him. Uh, Tan Sebe has gone off to Villa, who have made some absolutely stunning moves this summer. Transfer yeah, they, they, look, they look like they're going to be a decent team again this season. I mean, they brought in Danny Ings. I mean, he's been a proven goal scorer, so you'd imagine he'll continue to bag the goals at Villa. Oh, 100%. And players like Buendia, who was, mm. he was the shining light of Norwich when they were last in the Premier League and had a great season in the Championship as well is a good signing and yeah they just they've just kept on rolling in they got that uh bailey from from leverkusen who had a good season in the bundesliga and then they've got 100 million quid for jack grealish although jack yeah. grealish is going to be a hard task to replace i've we're heard all as well we're all forgetting carl they also brought back ashley young oh they did yeah the man united legend ashley <laughs> young i don't know how much he'll play i mean he, he is what is he 35 36 he's he's certainly in inter milan syria winning side so who knows Mm. um i've heard rumors about todd cantwell maybe potentially going to villa's way yeah i saw that i like todd cantwell he could move i think that could be a good move yeah absolutely it will add something else to that to that side that is looking like it's going to have it all and kind of push for those european places but um, yeah, good luck to Zebe uh, uh, at at that club as well. Mm. He's a good defender. He can't. He's obviously not going to play much with Varane coming in. But by Lindelof, Varane and Maguire, those aren't bad defensive options for the first time in forever. They're really not. And all he talks about rotation. He says, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be a lot of games potentially. Hopefully, we'll progress in the Champions League this time and not in the group stage and uh, yeah. he'll, he will need to rotate at certain points so I think every you know everyone will get pitch time oh 100 percent. and yeah so this is really just an introduction pod as to what you're going to be expecting for this season so uh, uh so yeah that's pretty much United covered for the most part at the minute our first game against Leeds is upcoming this weekend so to end Carl I think we'll just talk about talk about when you became a united fan and who were some of your who were some of your famous favorite players when you were growing up so i became a united fan in the sort of mid 90s um yeah my favorite player was eric Cantona uh, growing up and your beckhams your skulls they were all there they, they were always favorite players when i was Younger Dwight York, I, I thought he was great for a couple of years. So yeah, um, standout memories probably 1999 when we won the treble. Of course. And um, how about yourself, Nathan? When did you become a fan, and who were your sort of standout players? Um, I think I've always really been a United fan, and the reason for that, despite not being from Manchester, is we didn't. The only football that was ever on TV uh, when I was growing up was Champions League and uh and obviously england games that was it we didn't have sky or anything the premier league already was on pay paying service and everything so i wasn't going to see any of that so uh and the first game i watched of that wasn't an england game was united in the champions league against real madrid and uh and and yeah from from then i kind of started following. obviously i knew who david beckham was because he was obviously much as much a celebrity as he was a footballer by then 
and uh, obviously David Beckham played for Man United, so there was that, and then found people like Roy Keane, like Jap Stan, uh, like Gary Neville, and then Ruud van Nistelrooy was one of my favourite United players and still is to this day, and so it was that kind of, what people would call the glory years of the Premier League for whatever reason, you always look back with rose-tinted glasses at things, so when you had Arsenal in full flow, when you had Chelsea had just got all their money, then you had United and all, all the kind of class of 92 as well, kind of in full flight. So, yeah, that was just Paul Scholes, obviously, was a favourite uh, as well. Rory Keane, Dennis Irwin, kind of at the tail end of his time at United. Uh, Jap Stan going into Rio Ferdinand. And then kind of the list of players kept growing because then we weren't far away from signing Evra and Vidic mm. and all those sorts of players. Michael Carrick, really like Michael Carrick. Uh, are we allowed to like Ryan Giggs? I don't think we're allowed to like him anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit I don't the, think uh, we're allowed. Bit, bit we'll play on the, the side air, of caution. <laughs> but obviously, I was very young. I was only about 10 or 11 when we signed one Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, he, he was an awesome player. Well, he yeah, still absolutely. is. Still from, is. But... Yeah, he still is. From, from the very get-go when he was just kind of a scraggly-haired kid floating around on our left wing dancing over the ball getting hacked down every two seconds and uh yeah he kind of grew, watching him grow into the player he was just makes you love, love the club a bit more so but yeah that was really why it's basically because it was the only football i could watch on tv was champions league and it just happened to be a united game <laughs> and then from there there's not really enough when you're a kid and you get these you get infatuated with something that's just all you want to do isn't it so then i would buy the vhs's of united and things like that. So, yeah, I think it was an FA Cup game that made me fall in love with Man United. Um, it's going way back, so I think it might have been against Spurs. I'm not too sure, but yeah, it was. As to say, didn't I didn't have Sky, so I just watched whatever they put on on terrestrial TV. And uh, yeah, you know, it was the. The, the the first sort of football match I really watched properly and paid proper attention to. Yeah, and there we are. And then it's just grown into an obsession, really. You can't really quit through, through the good times. Uh, <laughs> no. We've never really had any bad times compared to a lot of clubs. But we I guess we had a few rocky years under LVG and Jose. And, yeah, we're tro- going into a potentially our fourth season trophy list. So... But I think we've got the squad together to actually win some silverware this year for once. Yeah, well, what do you think? What do you think is the minimum for Man United this season? What would you say? Title challenge and any trophy. Yeah, I would agree. I'd like if to we're not, that. After this investment, especially if we sign a midfielder, uh, to not put on a title challenge, I think would be it would be failure. Yeah, I mean, I know we finished second this year, but we never really put in a proper challenge, did we? We were miles behind at the end, so yeah, we need to, yeah, we need to put up a proper challenge, and we need to, as you say, win at least one trophy somewhere, even if it's the FA Cup, just to, just to kick us on. But you know, teams have improved, like we said, City have bought Graylish, Lukaku's all but signed for Chelsea. So those two teams are going to be extremely dangerous. Going to Chelsea. Oh well. Hmm? Said I, oh, Lukaku going to Chelsea. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, team, teams have improved, but still, we should be winning trophies, especially with this Definitely. side. If we get our if we got our best eleven out, we could challenge anyone in Europe at the minute with that with that eleven. 
So there's no there's no excuses. I think we have to get out of the group stage in a Champions League. I think it's, it'd be failure again to not get out of the group stage and at least look at making the quarterfinals. Depending on the draw, obviously, you've got to look at is the draw going to be kind to you. But we could beat anyone with this starting eleven if everyone's fit and firing. So no excuses to not be lifting trophies. Yeah, I mean, we showed last season that with that full-strength squad, you know, we could beat anybody, including City. We got good wins over Paris Saint-Germain and um, Red Bull Iceberg. We probably should have got through that group, but we seemed to drop the ball, didn't we, and make a hash of the last few games for some bizarre reason. But, you know, that's how it goes. I think we would have won the UEFA Cup final if Maguire had been fit, but unfortunately he wasn't. I think we missed his leadership a little bit um, in that game. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so it was a little bit a little bit of an embarrassment in the end to lose that Europa League final. But, yeah, we should have, we should have won it hands down. But we push on and we've made the strong signings. So we're going to be back. Uh, kind of to talk kind of through the United the, the United news so we hope you enjoy and look forward to a fun season ahead and uh, yeah if you want to we are obviously doing Fantasy Premier League this year if you do want to join in uh, the code is on our Twitter that's at rogue underscore opinion uh, check back through the archives there's loads of not non-football related content up there as well you've got uh safe words liam's new quiz show is going strong you got uh potting a easy carl with yourself yeah. and scott uh looking at loki at the minute and kind of doing episode reviews of that so if you're into that stuff as well and uh yeah there's loads of stuff on there so go check it out and you can find me at nathan greenaway carl where can people find you you can find me at Carlos underscore fire 80. And just so listeners are aware, we're planning on this being a monthly pod. So we'll we'll check back in in three or four weeks and see how United's first few games have gone and, and how we're looking. And hopefully we'll, <laughs> we'll have won most of our games. Hopefully, yeah. That's good. I couldn't remember how consistent we said we were going to do it. So I'm glad you remembered. <laughs> Well, but thank you very much for listening, guys. And uh, if you don't support United, I hope you have a terrible footballing weekend. Yes, <laughs> especially if you're Leeds. Especially if you're Leeds. Bye now. Bye.